0: This is Baseball Across the Commonwealth, taking you to the great baseball towns around the great state of Virginia. Welcome to Episode 2 of Baseball Across the Commonwealth, a new limited series from Foulball area, taking you on a tour of all the baseball towns around the state of Virginia. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you've listened to our first episode, then you are now pretty much an expert on how to spend a weekend in Richmond, Virginia, the capital city and home of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. We talked to Trey Wilson of the Flying Squirrels, as well as Chris Ray of Center of the Universe Brewing and JC Poma at the Richmond Region Tourism Office. They taught us all kinds of great things about the city of Richmond, what to do there, where to eat, where to drink, and how to spend a game at the Diamond. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you check that out before listening to episode two. Now, for today's episode, we're going to take a trip west on Interstate 64 up to the city of Charlottesville. Charlottesville is a small city in the Piedmont region of Virginia, just east of the Blue Ridge Mountains and about 72 miles west of Richmond. The city has a long storied history. It was founded in 1762 and named after the Queen Consort of Great Britain, Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelitz, the same Charlotte that Charlotte, North Carolina was named after. During the American Revolution, Virginia Governor Thomas Jefferson and the state legislators abandoned the capital city and fled to Charlottesville. The British were planning a raid on Jefferson's home at Monticello, but Jack Jewett, a captain of the Virginia militia, was asleep on the lawn of a tavern in Louisa County when he heard the British cavalry approaching. Suspecting that they were on their way to Charlottesville, Jewett mounted his horse and began a 40-mile ride to Monticello to warn Jefferson and the legislators, effectively saving them from the British raid. We'll hear a little bit more on that later. In addition to Thomas Jefferson, the Charlottesville area has been home to Presidents James Monroe and James Madison. All three presidents served on the original Board of Visitors for the University of Virginia, which was founded and designed by Jefferson in 1819. Today the university serves 25,000 students and has had much success in athletics, winning 27 team national championships, most recently the men's basketball tournament in 2019. Modern day Charlottesville is home to 43,000 citizens and has plenty of attractions nearby. Monticello is open as a museum and offers a look into the life of Thomas Jefferson, while Ashlawn Highland, nearby, was the home of President James Monroe. Shenandoah National Park and the Blue Ridge Parkway are a short drive to the west, and the grounds of the University of Virginia are a popular spot to visit, and there are plenty of breweries within a short drive of town. There's also a Valley Baseball League team, the Charlottesville Tom Sox, which play at Seaville Weekly Ballpark. The Tom Sox host college players every summer for a 42-game season, competing against teams from up and down the Shenandoah Valley. They were founded in 2014, and in their short time, they've won championships in 2017 and 2019. To learn more about the Tom Sox and what makes them such a big part of Charlottesville, I talked to Team Vice President John Raymond. John Raymond, the Vice President of the Charlottesville Tom Sox, is joining me on the podcast now to talk all things Charlottesville and Charlottesville baseball. John, thanks for joining me. How are you doing?
1: Doing great, Matt. Thank you for having me. Always happy to talk a little baseball and a lot Charlottesville.
0: So I want to start off. The Tom Sox haven't been around too long. I think you guys were founded in 2014. But in that time, you guys have had some major success winning two Valley League championships. How has the community embraced you in your short time in Charlottesville?
1: I would say the baseball community has uh, really gotten behind us and we have great attendance um in charlottesville being a college town there's a lot of distraction a lot of other places for people's eyeballs to go but we do have a good core group of fans that come out night after night to support the tomstocks
0: and again two championships in that short time span what do you attribute that success to I think a big part of it is our
1: relationship with the coaches in the ACC and SEC. Um, Very quickly, we're able to establish rapport with those folks. Um, Part of that is because when the players come to town, they don't just play baseball. Uh, Large percentage of our players are involved with internships. And having a city the size of Charlottesville with the colleges, with the financial institutions We can offer a little bit more to players as far as what are you going to do post-college. Here's a chance to work with a uh, university, here's a chance to work with a financial institution. So some of those uh, nuances of being in Charlottesville has really helped us attract a higher quality player.
0: So the Valley Baseball League has obviously been around for a really long time and a very historic league you guys came in in 2014, how did that kind of get started getting this Charlottesville team underway?
1: Well, there were some uh, folks in town who are a little baseball nutty and for decades I've been in Charlottesville since 92 and within a year of being here I started hearing rumblings about bringing a minor league baseball team here and I guess that's been a dream for a long time and it never came to fruition but there were folks who were excited about bringing some kind of summer baseball here. Uh, UVA baseball obviously is a huge draw for baseball fans in this area. And it made sense when we had this group of people together that were wanting summer baseball to bring a college team to town, um, carrying on UVA finishes up in the college world series. People still want more baseball. Here you go. Here's the Charlottesville Tom Sox.
0: So if you have parents of of the players or families come into town to to see a game or a couple of games, is there anything around town that you recommend for them to do while they're there kind of to fill up their time during the day before they come out to the game each night?
1: Oh, absolutely. So Charlottesville has a downtown mall, a walking area with restaurants and shops. It's a huge draw. The University of Virginia is beautiful, historic, The grounds are must-see when you come to town. If you have a little bit more time, Monticello, home of Thomas Jefferson, certainly is a big draw. And there are mountains and streams and outdoor activities galore. So Charlottesville, uh, it's a gem for sure.
0: What are some of your favorite activities around town?
1: Um, I like to hike. Um, Humpback Rock, which is just 20 minutes away, is a, a great hike. Wonderful payoff for about 20 minutes of work. Um, I, I do love the uh, grounds at UVA, go into the corner. And uh, if you come to Charlottesville, you have to go to Bodo's Bagels and get your morning breakfast. It's uh, only in Charlottesville and it rivals the storied New York bagel shops.
0: Yeah, I actually t- took a weekend trip to Charlottesville a couple weeks ago with my girlfriend and we hiked Humpback Rock. Uh, you're right very very difficult but definitely worth it at the end and we we went to Bodo's bagels as well both of those I would I would second those recommendations.
1: Boom and I'm an unpaid spokesman for Bodo so <laughs> <laughs> So what right is the, the
0: what is the game day environment like at Tom Sox games?
1: Um, we have gone to great lengths to include the community in our game days um, just about any night you're at the park there's going to be a nonprofit profit that's going to be spotlighted whether it be boys and girls club kiwanis um, we always try to get a local uh, person to come out and sing the national anthem and then during the game we do pay a lot of attention to getting the crowd involved whether it's having kids do a base race against our mascot or um, you know the old spin around the bat and try to beat your opponent the dizzy bat race um so we do a lot of that during the game try to keep it lively and fun um good family atmosphere
0: so i know a lot of the teams around the league i think you guys included play at a local high school field the turks over in harrisonburg of course they play at jmu's field have you guys ever been in talks with uva see if you could get on the field
1: There has been discussions about a game at the field. Um, UVA does a lot of camps during the summer. And so it's, it's kind of unwieldy with their schedule to try to make that a, a home turf. Uh, We're really fortunate to have the field we do. And we've been allowed to make a great number of improvements on the field with the lighting and the batting cages and the scoreboard, et cetera. Uh, But Charlottesville High School has been a great home to us. And um, one of the things I really do like about the location we're in is there's an opportunity to sit on the outfield fence, above the fence on a hill. Great vantage point of everything. And if you have kids, they can run around. You don't have to worry about corralling them. Um, So it's a a neat little spot. Um, And I I wouldn't foresee us ever moving into uh, UVA's Davenport Field um, or Disharoon Field at this point. Uh, I, I just think we, we have a nice, nice arrangement with the city, and it, it's a good spot for folks in the community to be able to get to.
0: So I feel like I might know part of the answer to this question, but how did you guys reach the name Tom Sox? How did that name come about?
1: Um, obviously, uh, Charlottesville is renowned as the home of Thomas Jefferson, And uh, we had a naming contest. Um, There were a lot of interesting games that came in. (laughs) Uh, But that was the one that that won out in the end. Um, There was uh, Prairie Dogs was one because Lewis and Clark brought Thomas Jefferson a Prairie Dog back from their adventures. Uh, But in the end, Tom Sox won out. I think Sox is traditionally – Signifies baseball Red Sox White Sox, etc. So Tom Sox, It is It's tough to come up with a mascot for that though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> So how do you guys so, get the uh, how do you get the word out about your games each night to um, to fans local fans or if there's anyone visiting from out of town looking for Something to do on a summer night in Charlottesville. How do you get the word out to them?
1: We have had wonderful support from the local newspapers um, every time there's a game with the Tom Sox, there is a, a blurb in our local paper, paper here letting you know where it is, when it is, who we're playing. So we've had great support from the uh, media and the community. Well, and of course, you can go to our website. and Yeah, what, what, is, on the, there. what is the website? When we have a season.
0: <laughs> what is the website for the Tom Sox?
1: It's uh, Tomsocks.com.
0: All right. Simple enough. <laughs> what would you say the makeup is of your audience each night? Is it mostly locals or families of the players? Or do you get any out-of-town visitors that don't have any connection to the team at all?
1: It's mostly locals. We see the same faces night in, night out. It's a lot of families with uh, little leaguers. Um, we do get the occasional out-of-towner that comes by and what we've seen a big increase in from year one to year five is scouts we've had a number of tom socks drafted in the last couple years and so we've seen a lot more folks with radar guns and notebooks at the field than we did the first year
0: yeah yeah i'm sure i actually grew up in harrisonburg going to turks games and Of course, they also have the All-Star game in Harrisonburg each summer, and I remember going to that game and seeing all the radar guns set up behind home plate, all the scouts from all different MLB teams. It was crazy seeing that many in in Harrisonburg of all places.
1: Right, right, right. I went to JMU and uh, went to a few baseball games and never saw a scout, so (laughs) I'm familiar with the layout there.
0: So one more for you. I have noticed that Among the Valley League teams, I think I'd have to say you guys have probably the best social media and digital presence. Why is there such a big emphasis on that for you guys?
1: Well, part of it is our director of communications and media, Drew Goodman, is just a whiz at that sort of stuff. And when we started the team, beyond just the players on the field, we wanted to create internships for non-athletes who are interested in sports so every year we bring in from local colleges uva jmu others we bring in folks to internship um, on all the aspects of running a baseball team so kids can spend the summer doing digital media learning what it's like to interview players how to get it up on the web how to get the message out about the tom socks so with the core group of folks we have on the board, everybody has interns that they work with, with the idea that these kids may go into sports management or uh, teamwork going forward. So it's a it's really neat, um, I think unique to us, the way we do our interns with the idea that this isn't just a summer goof-off, this is an actual piece of the puzzle for their careers.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like that. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me, and I really appreciate it. Uh, It was good to learn a little bit more about the Tom Sox and the Charlottesville area, and I hope that you guys are able to have a season next summer.
1: Well, I I hope so, too. It was a long summer this past (laughs) one, and uh, folks out there, if you come to Charlottesville, come to a Tom Sox game. I'll be there. Say hello. Love to have you. Um, Just really looking forward to the next season.
0: Thanks to John for joining us and telling us a little bit more about the Tom Socks. Now, when you're not at a ball game, another popular activity in town is visiting the local breweries. As I mentioned earlier, there are plenty of breweries in the area, but we're going to stay in town today. Remember Jack Jewett's ride that I mentioned earlier? Well, Three Notched Brewing has really embraced that part of Virginia's history and their branding. Jewett's ride took place along the road that is known as Three Notched Road, distinguished with hatchet marks in the trees along the route. His 40-mile ride was the inspiration for Three Notched Brewing's 40-mile IPA. But I'll let Three Notched President Scott Roth tell you a little bit more about that. Scott Roth is joining me now on the podcast. He's the president of Three Notched Beer based in Charlottesville, Virginia. Scott, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So I just want to talk a little bit about your brewery starting off. Three Notched is, as far as I know, one of the biggest breweries in Charlottesville. And obviously, you guys have expanded all across the state. I actually grew up in Harrisonburg, so there's a tap room there. I now live in Richmond, so we've got a tap room here. So I've always been around A3 Nosh, but I've never actually been to the one in Charlottesville. What is the tap room and the brewery facility like in Charlottesville?
2: Yeah, well, I'm glad you've had that experience. Our our goal is to be as omnipresent in the state of Virginia as we can. Um, so we do have four locations. The original brewery actually was in a, an old dairy complex that has been purchased and redeveloped uh, but that was on Grady Avenue just down from the university and um, about three years ago now we moved to a much larger facility uh, just a few blocks off the downtown mall in Charlottesville at the Ix Art Park. Um, that facility is uh, 17,500 square feet under roof with another large outdoor patio um, but it is uh, a full-scale group hub. so we have a full menu and a full bar, not just three notch beer, but we have craft sodas and drinks for kids and um, some local uh, distilled spirits and wine as well. So that one's more of an uh, all-encompassing family friendly atmosphere. Um, certainly with COVID, it's, it's not quite as family friendly as it once was. We had a kid area in the corner for a while where parents could sort of drop their young ones and we had all, a whole bunch of toys and stuff for them to play with, which was a lot of fun for the families. And we're excited to get back to that someday, but but right now we got to keep everybody at their tables for obvious reasons. Um, but it is a huge space and it, it's a lot of fun. I would encourage you to visit it if you make it to Charlottesville.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely have to have to put it on the list next time I'm in the area. What are some of the uh, some of the flagship beers that Three Notch brews?
2: Yeah, well, we um, hopefully if you're in Virginia and you're a craft beer fan, you've seen us. Uh, we're distributed statewide. Uh, Minuteman IPA is one of our is our biggest uh skew in terms of sales and and just um, widespread availability that beer actually is a new england style uh that we brewed years ago well before the craze and the first iteration of it was hazy uh, but it was before some of the technology caught up in the yeast world and if anybody uh watching this has had heady topper or one of the more old school new england style ipas they would say drink from the can because the yeast used to fall out of suspension and create what we called yeast worms in the bottom of the can. And when we developed Minuteman, uh, that's exactly what happened to the package product. And we were concerned that the everyday consumer in Virginia wasn't ready for that across the board. So we clarified it. So it's actually a clear, but New England style IPA, only 20 IBUs. And that's a big beer for us. It's still very juicy, very citrusy, low, low bitterness, uh, exactly what the craze is now, but um, kind of a little bit of ahead of the curve and more traditional in color, I'll say, and clarity. So that's a big one for us. We also have 40 Mile IPA, which was our original IPA, um, and that's named after the 40 miles that Jack Jewett rode during the Revolutionary War up Three Notched Road using the notches in the trees and the moonlight and a lantern to save Thomas Jefferson from uh, the British. And so that one's been around for for really since the beginning of the brewery over, over seven years now. Um, And then we have a rotating Goza series that uh, the fruit flavoring in the Goza changes every couple of months. Right now we're in blood orange. We will have a quick run of pomegranate, which is very seasonally appropriate. And then we get into uh, a blackberry through the winter and a passion fruit and a watermelon. And that that program has been really successful. I I think it's one of the few year round rotating Goza series that are made by a a Virginia brewery. Those are kind of our three big ones. Um, and then quickly coming onto the scene, we've, we've got the hazies. So we started a series called Nephology, which is the study of clouds, cloudy IPA. And we changed the beer every month uh, for the first year. So there were 12 iterations and we, we used untapped and uh, our website for feedback and a couple of other places. And we weighted all of the beers. And from that, we crowned the king of clouds. So there's now this beer that's hitting the market that's called king of clouds. And it's, it's kind of the crowd favorite uh actually it's a slight blend of two of the crowd favorites um but that one's going to be on the shelf uh permanently and we should start seeing that in grocery stores in the early spring so i'm excited about that i'm, I'm personally an ipa guy and we don't brew um necessarily what we love we brew what we think that people are going to want um and i'm lucky that uh that i happen to like ipa so that's a good one I, i'm enjoying it a lot so we're excited yeah. about that beer
0: yeah, I was going to ask how you guys decide what, what types of beers to brew, what types you decide to have as like a limited release, what how you decide which ones are going to be your your flagships and how you go through that process.
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's mostly about the data. We, um, we're fortunate having four different locations throughout the state where we brew beers um, that we get to try a lot of different stuff in small batch format. Most of our satellite breweries are operating on 7 barrel systems or or even a slightly smaller system than that in Harrisonburg and we also have a pilot system here in Charlottesville so on draft every week you know with the exception of the past 6 or 7 months which threw a wrench into some of our operations for obvious reasons but leading up to that over the previous 7 years we have essentially released four new beers every week and we've got a tasting room with you know thousands of people coming through them on a monthly basis that really get us some good customer feedback. And if we find one or two that just light it on fire, uh, that's an opportunity for us to to bring that beer into production and put it out in the market. And a perfect example of that is, um, was Apple Crumb. Uh, it used to be called Apple Crumb Donut, but that was brewed in Harrisonburg by Mary Morgan, who was our brewer over there for many years. Um, she was a chemistry teacher by day and brewed for us uh, on nights and weekends and made some great stuff, but that beer, was an awesome fall beer when I feel like pumpkin beers were sort of fading out. They were all the rage for a while and then they seemed to go away and we were looking for that perfect fall seasonal that, um, you know, the consumers wanted. And we found that beer in a two barrel release batch, uh, and people loved it and raved about it. And it quickly has become our, our fall seasonal release. So, um, you know, we, we follow the data, we listen to the customers, and uh, and we're fortunate enough now to have wide enough distribution that it's pretty obvious when we put something into a grocery store if it's, if it's going to perform or not.
0: We actually went to the the RVA tap room pretty recently, and my girlfriend got the apple crumb beer. She really liked that one. I was a big fan yeah. of the Oktoberfest, the Imperial Oktoberfest this year. That was very good. Those, that's my favorite type of beer, so I really liked that one. But my favorite that I've had regularly from Three Nash, I think, is the Hydralion Red.
2: Mm. The Hydralion was, yeah, thanks. So the Hydralion was the name of the first pump wagon fire engine at the University of Virginia. Uh, UVA decided that they didn't need the local fire department. They were going to have their own. And it was a catastrophic failure with the burning down of uh, the Rotunda building, if you take a look back in history. Um, but that's where the name came from. And uh, our brewmaster had a, a particular affinity for supporting the fire department. So when we released Hydraulian, which Coincidentally, it was the very first beer that Free Notched ever made. So it is the oldest beer in our portfolio. Um, we did some donation work locally with the fire departments. Uh, so that's where the name comes from. It is a great beer. It's a GABF medal winner. And um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a different style than is, I guess, as it's not as popular of a style. Um, so we don't see it quite as much in the grocery chains, but we still brew it year round. And it's very popular in the tasting rooms and in the restaurants for sure.
0: Well, I've got to say with this podcast, my two biggest loves are obviously beer and baseball, but another thing that I love is history. And I love in all the tap rooms, they have the the story painted on the wall of three notch road and the, the history behind that. And I love that you guys are embracing that and embracing the local history here in Virginia.
2: Yeah, thanks. I mean, that, that's a big part of where we live here in Charlottesville and, and obviously, um, you know, our focus is is revolutionary history for the most part. And um, there, there were some big things that happened in Virginia that helped us ultimately break away from from England. And, uh, you know, we, we celebrate that with Jack Jewett and um, with Minuteman, which is is not Virginia history, of course, but uh, speaks to the Minuteman up in New England. And uh, no veto is year uh, after Patrick Henry, who stood up to the right. You know, the king's right to veto colonial law. And, uh, and all that ties in nicely, of course, with um, Thomas Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence and, and our hometown here and the founding of the University of Virginia. So that is a part of what we do. And and our tagline is leave your mark. And, you know, there's uh, certainly many Virginians who have done that throughout history. And we're just trying to pick up the uh, the flag, so to speak, and leave our mark in the craft beer industry.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about the Charlottesville area. It's very popular place to visit with mountains nearby the University of Virginia and football games basketball games uh, the the 151 trail nearby in Nelson County and obviously the breweries like you guys in South Street in Charlottesville so I'm sure you get a lot of visitors from out of town what are some of your favorite things to do around the area that you would recommend to someone who's visiting?
2: Yeah well there's I guess there's two tracks so Charlottesville I have three young boys myself so we typically tend to do more of the family-friendly things. Um, if you're coming into town with your family, there's Monticello, which is definitely worth visiting. I'm not quite sure what their COVID protocols are right now, but um, let's assume you know we get out of that sometime. Hopefully next year, or uh, hopefully not too much longer than that. Um, but there's also a number of great orchards and farms around here that are working farms and family friendly and lots of activities to do outside, which is obviously great right now, not specifically going into winter, but uh, we've still had nice weather and we were, you know, out at uh, a uh, a local farm just last weekend. Um, and then there's tons of wineries and breweries like you mentioned, and, and the outdoor spaces there are great for families. Um, my personal winery uh, favorites are, King family in Crozet and Veritas, which is not too far from there. Um, If I'm going with, like I said, with the kids and, uh, and then if I'm going just adults, there's a really wonderful winery called Barbersville. And then another one called Septenary. Septenary is adults only. Um, So those two are close to town. And then from a brewery perspective, Blue Mountain, Devil's Backbone, uh, Blue Toad Cider and Bold Rock are all super family friendly with awesome products. And you can't go wrong there. And then um, if you're into hiking, there's a ton of that. There's a really great hiking trail called Sugar Hollow, uh, where you can go up and you sort of cross back and forth over the water. Um, there's little kind of, I'll call them man-made, but really it's just stacks of, of rocks and it's fairly shallow. You can do some great hiking there. It's uh, good for you know taking your dog or your family just to get out and get some exercise before you consume all this beer and wine that we have to offer here in Central Virginia. Um, and then you you mentioned it, the you know when we're back in normal times. Music venues here are great. John Paul Jones Arena, which is where UVA Basketball plays, also uh, regularly hosts some huge acts uh, music-wise and comedy. Um, And then downtown, uh, the Walking Mall in Charlottesville, we've got a great pavilion at the end. Every Friday from, I think it's like Labor Day or uh, Memorial Day through Labor Day is uh, Fridays after five where they have live music and it's all free to attend and there's beer. And um, so lots of things to do outdoors here, which has made it, you know, made it a little bit more palatable this summer for, for a lot of us. Uh, and we're fortunate to live where we live. So th- there's a whole list of stuff right there that you can do and um, stay active.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how big of a baseball fan you are, but uh, the baseball is another focus of this podcast. And I've talked to the president of the Charlottesville Tom Sox, the, the collegiate summer league team in Charlottesville but just from living in the area and experiencing it, how big would you say baseball is to people in Charlottesville?
2: Yeah, I mean, baseball is a huge sport. My uh, One of my sons plays, and um, I am a fan. I admittedly was a much bigger fan when I was a little bit younger. Uh, I used to play, and I have still have quite the baseball card collection, which I'm not sure is going to have the value that I had hoped when I was a kid collecting them. But um, uh, UVA baseball games are great, obviously top top program in the in the state or in the country and um, get to see some really good games there. And, you know, what's really nice about that is obviously we don't have a professional team in Virginia. You've got to go uh, up to Washington, but the Nationals have certainly been been very good of late, of course. And um, uh, so all that is super entertaining. The baseball in town is is very affordable, which is nice um, for the families and the kids between the Tom Sox games and then also UVA. Uh, very comfortable atmosphere. It is a big baseball town. It's a big sports town in general, considering we don't really have professional sports per se anywhere in the state of Virginia Um, between UVA basketball, you know, recent national championship, their soccer team's always really good. The football team is always very competitive um, for the most part. And they just, they kind of dominate in almost all sports, unfortunately, except for football Um, and baseball is one of those. So this is a big town for, for sports in general. And, um, you know, we'll be excited when it gets back to a little bit more normal in terms of being able to go out and watch. But uh, but yeah, we've got a great culture here. And I do know a number of people that drive down to Richmond and go to the Squirrels games too, which are which are a lot of fun. I
0: know there's been a, a trend recently in college sports where a lot of colleges and universities are starting to allow alcohol sales at their sporting events. Do you guys have any relationship with UVA? or Are people able to go to a game at at uh, Davenport Field and enjoy a three-notch beer while watching a baseball game?
2: You know, that's a good question about Davenport. I'm not 100% sure what changes they've made. So up until recently, uh, if you were in any suite in any of the locations, you could purchase a three-notch beer. Um, There's suites at the, obviously, John Paul Jones arena for basketball and then the football stadium. And then also Davenport has a handful of them as well. That is not the average scenario for most people. Right. Um, but they did begin to, uh, have a ear garden at the football games last year. Um, it wasn't in the stadium. You had to go to specified areas, but I think that was UVA's first step into allowing it. And I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what they did or what they were planning to do at Davenport. Um, this past year. Uh, and I haven't really followed up on it just because things aren't open, um, in the traditional sense, but I suspect that, um, you know, post COVID they will continue to, I guess, go deeper into the pool. So to speak, I think they've dipped their toe in that, in that, uh, market. And it's certainly, um, manageable. I think at these sporting events, people are still consuming beer in the uh, parking lots and, um, if you can limit people to one or two and make sure that they're doing it responsibly, it is a nice revenue stream for these colleges. And I think a lot of them are realizing that. So I would anticipate UVA will move forward with that program quickly, you know, once it makes sense.
0: All right. So for people that are coming to Charlottesville and want to go out for a nice beer, where can they find out more about three notched about your COVID 19 policies and your menu and anything like that?
2: Yeah, everything for us is easily uh accessed from our website. It's just 3nb.com um, or you can Google three notched and you'll find it very quickly. Uh we have been um our motto has been that it's our goal to set the standard for what it is to operate in these types of environments. And I'm happy to report that um, you know, knock on wood, we we have had no issues uh at any of our locations and our um and in our restaurants and, and we take sanitation uh, very seriously as well as mask usage and the requirements that we, you know, put on our, um, sorry, are you still there? I don't know if I jumped off, but the requirements that we put on our, uh, our customers as well. And we adhere to those, um, rules pretty strictly to make sure that we're, we're putting a safe environment together for everybody.
0: All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And next time I'm in the
2: Charlottesville area, I'll have to stop by for a beer. Yeah, please do. Shoot me an email when you're coming through. We'll we'll grab one.
0: A big thanks to Scott Roth for joining me to talk about Three Notch Brewing in Charlottesville. As I've said, there are plenty of breweries around the area, including a few others in the city, such as South Street Brewing, which has a great red ale, Satan's Pony, one of the best beers that I've ever had. If you want to venture out into the mountains, there are some fantastic local breweries around the region, and I would highly recommend booking a tour with Seville Hop on Tours. You can pick four different stops that you want to go along the Nelson 151 route, and they will drive you to each one. Mariah and I went a couple weeks ago, and we visited Devil's Backbone, Bold Rock, Silverback Distillery, and Blue Mountain Brewery, all of which were great stops. There are endless options, and you can really make the most of a day in the area with Seville Hop on Tours. I would really recommend booking a trip with them if you're going to the Charlottesville area. That's all we have for our Charlottesville episode. I hope you guys learned something and feel more prepared for a visit to the region. Please join us next time as we head even further west to Harrisonburg and find out what's going on with baseball and beer in the friendly city.